Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's guest is Dirty Lola. Dirty Lola is a sex educator, performer, and in her own words, a dildo slinger. (laughs) I will definitely get into what that is uh, later on in the interview. Uh, She is the host and creator of Sex Edagogo, which is a live sex ed variety show based in Brooklyn that aims to end stigma, shame, and all of the misinformation surrounding sex. Lola was kind enough to indulge me in all of my questions about polyamory, and trust me, there were many. We also talked about sex toys, sex ed, dating, love, and we even touched on mental health. Lola is the kind of person I could talk to forever, which is made obvious in this interview, which lasts uh, two whole hours. So anyway, I hope you enjoy all of the wisdom that Lola left us with. Hey, Lola. Hi. How are you? I'm good. First of all, like straight off the bat, I just want to say like we are – I can see you through the camera right now. We're recording this virtually and I can see your Hitachi back massager. (laughs) I think that's what they call it, right? Well, not – you know, we all know what it is. We all know what it is. Nobody's calling it a back massager anymore. In Japan, it's very much a back massager. Right. Well, they <laughs> sold it. They, they can't, you can't even le- like call it a Hitachi anymore. Oh, really? Because it's like so yeah. synonymous with vibrator? Well, they stopped making them for – there was like a great Hitachi magic wand shortage in like 2016, 2017. Yeah, they were getting hard to find because the company no longer wanted to be associated with it. They stopped making it and Vibratex stepped in and took over. Leave it to you to have like the hot goss on vibrators. <laughs> because everybody, and so now that's why they don't say Hitachi on the box anymore. They just say magic wand because you cannot, they cannot call them a Hitachi. But they are still made by Hitachi, the company? No. Oh. Vibratex took, so Basically, Hitachi was like, we're not, nobody, we're not going to let that, like, we don't want to make it. They just t- pulled it and Vibratex got them to give them the, like, patent and the rights Oh, my to God. Make it if they agreed to not call it Hitachi. Hitachi. I mean, is it too late? Is it? I mean, I feel like there's a generation of kids who don't know it as a Hitachi, but I think everybody of a certain age is, will never not call it that. I mean, it's as if like Kleenex stopped making tissues. Right. Right. And everybody calls everything Kleenex. Yeah. So. <laughs> like a Puffs Plus is still a Kleenex. Right. You're like, whatever, Puffs. Oh, I'm not calling you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. But, you know, on the box, I guess they feel better about it. I mean, I'm happy yeah. that they still exist. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 the vibrator right it is the vibrator it is the vibrator the one that gets to hang on the bed (laughs) well the problem with the hitachi right is like or i'm sorry the magic wand the magic wand (laughs) is that like because you plug it in like once once it plugs into the wall in your own home it's not coming out oh but let me tell you they made a rechargeable version is it as good 
Yes. Oh. So this version is the rechargeable version and you can use it while it's plugged up or unplugged. <gasps> so the cord detaches. So I can use it corded or uncorded. So if it dies, I can just plug it in. Wireless. It. Yeah. It's, it's oh, both. Oh, okay. Yes. And it's as powerful? They actually added more. They added like two lower levels. So it's not fucking oh fuck anymore. Okay. It's, because before it's just like, eh. I, and it's a lot more rumbly. Okay. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I mean, like now that you mention it, like I'm I'm talking about it as if like I, I can't, I need it to be more powerful. But actually, like when I use a Hitachi, I literally have to place like a, a piece of fabric in between me and the machine. Because <laughs> it's so much. And they added a timer. So it turns off after 25 minutes, which you would think like, who would need that? A person who masturbates at night and falls asleep. Um, me. Um, and the old one, because it used to get so hot. Now this does this one doesn't get hot, but the old kind you plugged in, it would get hot. I burned my fucking vulva more than once, falling asleep with it on and it getting hot and resting against my vulva and like still vibrating. Actually, that makes sense. It's like it's kind of like when you go to the nail place and they're drilling your nail, and when they stay on one spot too long, it gets really hot and burned. Yeah. So same yeah. thing. It's friction. And it would it would be like a friction, and I'm like, what is happening? Why does it hurt? And I'd look like, oh, again, again, again. Damn it, Lola! Now it I wake up and it's just in bed with me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I fell asleep, huh? So it, it's hap- this is happening to enough people that it became like an added feature. I I guess it had to. I was very ecstatic about it. I was like, this is great. <laughs> So, okay. So, I mean, like speaking of sex toys, um, in your Twitter bio, you are, uh, you refer to yourself as a poly person, a sex yes. educator, an edutainer, yes. a dildo slinger, yes. which is obviously the term I was trying to get to here, and also the host and creator of Sex at a Go-Go. Yeah. Um, but back to the dildo slinger for back a second. Back to the dildo slinger. What, I mean, is that what I think it is? Yeah, I work in a sex shop. Um, I've been, I work in a little sex shop called Shag in Williamsburg. I've been there for eight eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so amongst my other jobs that I have and do, I work there. I love it. It's I like it sounds so weird, but I'm like, it keeps me near the people. But it does. Like it keep I it helps me know like what are people looking for? What's going on in the world with people and who's out here buying things and what are the new toys? Cause if you, the year that we were away, cause I, mm-hmm. you know, 2020, I didn't work in the shop until my last day was like March 13th. And I didn't return to the shop until December, like mm-hmm. 20th or something. So I felt so out of the loop. Yeah. Because, and, and the, and the sex toy business did not stop during the pandemic. Let me tell you. Oh, did it skyrocket? It did. Like, <laughs> Stores were seeing record numbers. Um, we like online uh, in like it curbside. Um, our shop, like the owner, thankfully lives in the neighborhood, so she could just like walk over. And she was putting in orders. She's like going every day to like mail stuff out. Amazing. To open, but I just other other sex shops were reporting like record numbers, and we saw our Christmas twenty twenty was the best Christmas we've ever had. It was better than our best Valentine's Day. Um, and is the is Valentine's around. generally the most, like the biz- most high selling day for a sex Yeah, shops? because it's stretched out. So it's like, 
between the 12th and the 14th is usually like bananas. The 13th is probably more like busy bananas crazy um, than the 14th because the 14th, it kind of stops. The day stops around like five, six. Okay. Because by that time, People are using them. (laughs) Right. Or you've gotten, you're going, or you're going to dinner. Or if you listen to Dan Savage, you're fucking first and then you're going to go to dinner. (laughs) Either way, we don't get as many people, but like those three days are like, oh, but we start, I've even noticed we're starting to get an uptick where people are shopping earlier and a lot. Like I had a couple come in and they came in at like seven and they didn't leave until 830 and they spent $500 and they shopped together. So it's it was mostly great. couples like like uh, like for the Valentine's Day boom or whatever. Like it's mostly couples shopping or it's between couples and single dudes. OK. Oh, I mean, we okay. do have some single like ladies, but we it's mostly like couples making it a thing that they're doing together or because they're like buying stuff together or it's single dudes who do not know their partner size. Right. Who come in to hold up lingerie and go, you, you're her size. Help me. And we're gently like, hey, why don't you just get her a gift card? Because you can't bring this back. Right. You can get a beautiful card or a little piece of art or like some chocolate. Because we sell like chocolate and aphrodisiac lollipops. I'm always like, get a gift card and like a little chocolate and a card. And then tell her like, you're making an adventure and she can come back. You'll come back with her and she can try it on for you in the dressing room. Um, so I mean, it, that's like, fun. Like that's to yeah. me, like that's a way more special kind of gift when you can make like an experience out of it. Right. Right. But I, but I, it's more like, you know, I don't want, they're like, Oh, but a gift card. I'm like, yeah, I know it feels like a cop out, but better a gift card than like a nighty that is too small or too tight <laughs> or too big. Sure. You know, nobody wants that. What is like the best selling sex toy? Oh man. <clears throat> For you guys. It, it changes. It always, like, we can tell when somebody's written an article about something suddenly or, um, like, Lalo is probably the name everybody knows and somebody's friend is telling somebody about it and they're, like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So people kind of come in looking for that. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily buy it, but it gets them in the store. Okay. And then they see the price. They're like, I don't know if I'm ready to make that kind of commitment. Yeah, they're expensive. They're expensive. But I'm like, hey, what if you found something a similar shape? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you love it, then you can make the commitment to the like $200 version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that a lot. But right now, all the Air Pulse toys, that's like the Womanizer Satisfier. Oh, is the that the Rose. one that like sucks on your clit? Yeah. And it's not really, it's like, it's not, people are like, oh, is it like oral? I'm like, no, it's like a science experiment. It's like a vacuum. It's like the the hole creates a vacuum, your clip becomes engorged and like it makes a seal and then you and then the vibration is around the perimeter. But it every it's not like a like like sucking. It's also it's, hard. Those toys are hard for me because like you can't you can't be that vigorous with those. You can't move. You it. almost like, have to like just there, yeah, stay yeah. still. You have to, or or I tell people like this is a good time to work on like your um, bridges, like move your hips, press, like because that's the only you gotta like keep it in place because it needs to be like on your clit. And also some of them are kind of strong, and when it creates that suction until you turn it off, it kind of is uncomfortable if you move it off while it's oh because it like sucks it off because it's because it's like, like created 
yeah. like a seal. Yeah, you know, like if you take like um like those toys that like if you stick it down really tight, mm-hmm, it'll mm-hmm. stick. Yeah, and you know, if you used to put it on your skin and it would give you like a hickey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. But on your clit. Right, but on your clit. I have a so, question. You know. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. And like, I have never met anyone else who's had this happen to them. Maybe you've heard of it because like you have a lot of experience. So whenever I use those toys and some vibrators, like some really strong vibrators, I like the way it feels a lot, but it makes me really depressed. <laughs> I've heard of people crying. I I don't know. Like I I first of all, I already have this thing where like a lot of times after I come, like I I almost feel like I'm coming down, like off yeah. of drugs for like 30 mm-hmm. seconds and then I'm back and I'm fine. But yeah. specifically with like certain vibrators and that clit sucking type of toy, I, it's like a depression like that kind of lingers a little longer. It's so weird. I don't know why. I wonder if it, it has to do, it has to be like you're having like a serotonin crash. It's got to be, right? Like, yeah. Like you're just, it's just taking you so high. And I will say those toys are intense. Like oh, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a magic wand girl. Like I, wands are the thing. Other vibes, they're kind of like, I found like maybe one or two other vibes that like really I can use and mm-hmm. not be like, this is just not strong enough. Mm-hmm. And so the air pulse for me, I was like, is this going to be a thing? And the first time I used one, I fell off my bed. <laughs> Stop. Like I slid off because I, the way it made me come, I was just like lifting up and like, I, I was like, <sighs> and then I slid off the bed and I'm like, okay. <laughs> This is a lot. but it's such an intense and it's different. It does it's it not is different. And and it's you and like I I haven't gotten depressed, but I do find that like I am like a moment of like emotion with it. <laughs> I'm just like, that was so much. Why am so, I on the floor? So much. <laughs> such a thing. And so and it's like you it's like a fight to ride the orgasm out because you're like, I can do it. I can. I, I and sometimes it doesn't stop. I had that conversation with a friend. She's like, but when do you stop? And I'm like, sometimes I just have to tap out. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't keep going. Because it'll keep rolling for you if the way those toys are made and how they work with your body. So yeah, I could totally see you having like a serotonin crash. Yeah, I, I I I don't it also it doesn't it it doesn't happen if I'm like with someone. Right. And it also Maybe doesn't that's... happen if I'm like shooting a video. It's it's only like when I'm alone and like in my own thoughts by myself. Well, then maybe it's like a whole like, oh my God, this happened, but I was by myself. Yeah, maybe. You know what? It's like a whole other thing. This is like, this is like, you know, like sometimes like you'll publicly say something you dreamt and then all these people have like, they're like reading your whole psyche now. And it's right. just like, like, ooh, let's delve deeper into <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Like, um, so you talk a lot about being a polyamorous person. Yes. Um, and we've had a few poly people on this show, but it kind of seems per- personally I don't I'm I don't identify as poly. So like I'm wondering like it seems to me like, you know, just like anything else, it seems to be a whole spectrum. Right. Um, but like what is what type of polyamory do you subscribe to? Is that the right so way to say that? Here's what I'm it's gonna be controversial. It's not all polyamory. So okay. ethical non-monogamy is like an umbrella. Think of that as an ethical umbrella. Ethical non-monogamy. Right. So that includes polyamory, swinging, monogamish, 
um, open because open isn't poly. Mm-hmm. You know, poly- polyamory is a very specific thing, but it kind of started getting used as this catch-all phrase. Yeah, that's kind of how everything. I felt like it was. Yeah. And there are different types of polyamory because there's like um, kitchen table poly, uh, which means like everybody talks to each other. Everybody's not necessarily in a relationship, but you're, you're friends and you you or you talk about your issues together. It's not like you're uh, you, you speak through like your partner or not even that you speak to your partner, um, but that you don't really deal with everybody in each other's lives. So like everyone's um, involved in a kitchen table. Right. Everybody's involved. Okay. And then there's um, what is the word? Uh, the anarchist. I forget. Um, oh, the hierarchy one. There's hierarchy, but then there's polyanarchy, there's solo poly. What? So there's different types of polyamory. Okay. But then there but some of the things people are doing aren't polyamory. I also think that people have forgotten that dating is a thing and that dating never meant commitment. Like when you say dating, people are like, Oh my god, I'm not dating. I'm like, You are dating. You're going on dates. Mm-hmm. And when you go on a date, you don't you're not like suddenly shacked up and monogamous with that person right. so you might go on different dates and i and i think people are like well i'm open i'm like but you're not you're dating you're, you're just, just dating. dating you're dating and then because what happens is people are like seeing multiple people and they narrow it down to one person and then they're like oh i'm monogamous now it's like you were never poly <laughs> you, were never- you were just dating right and, until someone says i want you were shopping to- yeah until you say, I want this item and you leave the store, you are just shopping. I guess and- that's the difference, right? Is like if you're dating, your end goal isn't necessarily to like end up with multiple people. Right. Unless you're polyamorous and then it is. And, and you know, and I think that is a thing I will always keep saying to folks. And it's not a bad thing. Like you can be being open isn't bad. Being sw- Being a swinger isn't. None of that stuff is bad. It's just let's use the correct terminology to help us find each other mm-hmm. because as a poly person, I consider myself solo poly. And for so, me, that so what means, is, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So for me, it means like I am my own, um, my own primary, like I live alone. My part, all my partners and lovers live in completely other States. So I don't have anybody who's splitting the bill with me. I don't have to consult with anybody else. When I want to do something, I'm like, Hey, self, what are we doing? Like, I don't have to sit and go through a calendar with anybody else. Um, and, and you use the term primary and primary means your main, your main person, your main partner. Okay. And I don't, I don't do hierarchy per se. Like hierarchy is like you have your primary, your secondary. I don't sure. do those bad. Some people need those things or, or that's just easier for them to work their stuff. I like the keeping it classy and respectful type of polyamory where it's like, we don't have to, I don't have to be first. You don't have to be first. We just need to, you know, respect each other. I will always respect that my metamor is married to my partner and they share a house and a child. And that comes with a complete set of things Mm -hmm. that are, that are different from our relationship and responsibilities that he does need to tend to. And so it's not that she's ahead of me. It's that they have a life together that was before me also that have responsibilities that not not necessarily always involved in Mm -hmm. Um, and as we've moved in through our relationship it's grown in a way that's a lot different like I'm really I go spend I spent like two three weeks with them before I have a room in their house okay so hold on so like okay so 
so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, so this, the, the person you are in, in uh, my words, you are in a relationship with one of those people, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, so, but with the husband, and would this be considered like kitchen table because like you yeah. are, you have your own relationship with like the wife, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Even though not, maybe friends. not sexual, but like, no, but a friends. friendship. Yeah. Yeah. We text each other all the time. We commiserate about the things that he annoys us about him together. Um, Wait, that sounds, with- that part sounds so fun. Yeah. I mean, well, it's helpful because it's, and not, again, this is not for everybody, but sometimes they'll be having like a, a communication issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I see, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what he's saying. Cause he's, a, he's, he has ADHD and a lot of times it's hard for him to get it things out. And like, I can on the outside, see what he's trying to say. And I can totally see, and I'm like, Hey, you're saying this, you're saying this and you're missing each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now break, go back in. Yeah. I imagine that to be so helpful. Cause like, you know, both of them on a really super intimate level, but you're also like not emotionally invested in that one argument. Right. Like right, it's not your right. issue. Right. It's not my issue. And I don't, I try not to put myself like in the middle, but mm-hmm. like she'll, you know, sometimes we'll have conversations about something that's going on. I'm like, yeah, I, that's hard. And I feel you and you know how he is. And this is a thing. And I think having somebody who very much so does know mm-hmm. how your partner is in an intimate way. And, and I think it helps to hear like, oh, he's not just like that with you. Mm-hmm. He's like that with me too. Like solidarity mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is, is good. And, and helpful. Yeah, because um, in a, a lot of those situations, like, sometimes all you want is, like, to just be a little validated and heard, right? Like, yeah. that's all you want. <laughs> this is the thing. But, like, I when I go, I spend time. Usually how it works is we take a couple days and we'll do something solo, like an Airbnb or we stayed at this beautiful, beautiful tr- retreat one time when I visited. And then just me and him. And then I'll go and I'll be in the house with all of them. Um, and then she and I will usually have like a day that's just for us where we'll go do something fun and um, we like plan a whole day and we won't come back until the evening. So it's just like a girl's day um, and they have a kiddo who I'm close with. And so she and I will, you know, plan like she's really into anime right now. So like we like plan a night where we'll watch anime and do a thing. And yeah, so we're we're a family, you know, that's that's there. My there are my family. And like, is everyone involved the three adults involved like are they all including yourself like are you guys all dating other people as well yeah oh yeah so my memoir she has a partner right now who's also married you're wait you're you're what <laughs> my metamor so my the my partner's partner oh it's a called metamor. a metamor a metamor i've never heard that metamor yeah. metamor yeah metamor okay and so she has a partner and then her partner is also married and I've met her partner and her partner's wife, and okay. they also have kids. Okay. Um, and I've also hung out with them and their kids and the unit. Okay. And then my partner is currently, I think, I think he's he's dating like one or two people right now. Okay. Yeah. So we all know about each other's things. I mean, I have different levels of stuff because I live so far away. I do have my moments of jealousy out of like, oh, I don't get to see you and you get to go on the dates with these fun people. And I want to know he's out just so I don't disturb him. And also, so for my own self, if I text him, I'm like, yeah, text me back. It's like, yeah, duh, he's on a date. Um, but I don't necessarily want details all sure. the time. So 
I'm like, oh, what'd you do? But I don't want like sex details. He, on the other hand, loves my sex details. <laughs> so he loves when I like have a good fuck date. He'll be watching my Twitter to see and he'll be like, oh, how was it? And he wants me to tell him like everything. Like he wants me, he's like, he wants to hear about Oh, it. I love like, that. Ugh. So, but it it's a nice balance because there's no expectation for me to listen to his deep details because he gets that I don't always that that doesn't work for me yeah um but I and he I love that he loves this so I like giving that to him that he likes to hear about when I'm having a good time I think like uh, man that's I, I mean I'm sure the number one question you get asked about all the time is the jealousy issue right like yeah. because we all I I mean it's just so hard to fathom like a scenario like that where I'm like, I think I'd be, I, I like the sex stuff. Like I would, I love when like my partner is like attracted to other people and into fucking other people. Like that's so hot to me. But yeah. the second, like anything emotional happens, I'm like, my jealousy is like through the roof. Like I, I'm, I could not handle that. Like, yeah, do you I don't have, I mean, I've always, always, I, even when I didn't have a language for it, mm -hmm. I've been polyamorous. Like in high school, I dated multiple people. At the same time, I had a boyfriend and a girlfriend at the same time because I was just like, I want to be with both of you. And they're like, you don't have to choose. And I'm like, I, I don't. And then I, the world told me I was slutty and wrong. And I fell in love with a dude. And I was like, oh, you were who I've been waiting for, mm -hmm. apparently, because I fell deeply in love with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there came a time where I realized like, oh, I'm not happy and I'm not who I'm wanting to be and this is not how I am because I just have that capacity um and I don't I don't get jealous about the sex I get jealous about the like you get you're going to a butterfly sanctuary together <laughs> like the fuck? um that was a really nice spot that you've never taken me to I want I want the experiences and I think it's hard I think it, that, that would even be less if we lived in the same state and I got to see him more than a couple times a year. Sure. So, you know, but I think that's where that comes from. I, I'm like divorced. And so I'm so happy to not have the responsibility of a full relationship. Sure. And not, not a full relationship. That, that sounds because he is a very full part of my life, but I'm not solely responsible for his happiness, for his sexual appetite, for his, you know, meeting his needs. And like, we can come at this like a team. And so hold on. Like, I mean, it, man, like you really make it sound like you got all the good parts of a relationship. I get the bad parts too. I get the, you know, like we argue. Okay. Um, so, sometimes it's hard. Like I have baggage from past poly relationships that didn't go well. And that was, I had a poly family before that, that all fell apart and it was really hard. Mm -hmm. Not being able to talk to those kids anymore were really, was yeah. really hard. And so coming into a family where there's a kid, I was very, like very trepidatious and mm -hmm. not wanting to be too close and, um, like any other relationship, like, like any, any other baggage and kind of putting the stuff that I went through with an ex metamore on my new metamore and having to remember like, this is not, she's not that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we also had to work through the, like realizing we really compliment each other. Like, I think he got really lucky with his wife and his girlfriend because we do compliment each other and we're really good at like, you know, 
oh, I know you want this. Like, why don't you, while we're, while I'm in town, like, why don't you take like a couple days mm-hmm, away? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, why don't you drop your kid off at grandma's while we're at this thing and you go do the thing that you need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it took us time to get there. And there were moments where I was like very angry about some stuff and, but we worked through it. So it's, it's not, it's different bad stuff. You know, like where do you, where do you even find a relationship like that? Like, is it's, it on Tinder? I met him at camp. I met him at Sex Geek Summer Camp. Wait, hold on. Okay. Everything with you, like, ignites 20 other Isn't questions. Like, I can't even, I can't even keep up. <laughs> like, like this, can I tell you something? I have a, I have a list of questions for you. I'm not joking. This is the third. We were on the third question. Just so I you know, it. like, I can't, I can't. This is good, you know? Um, My life is an adventure. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Real quick, what is Sex Geek Summer Camp? It it is a camp that is thrown by Reed Mahalko for, it's like a business um, camp for folks who are in sex ed or trying to get into sex ed and like learning more about the business side of what we do and marketing yourself and, um, you know, getting into it. And so I went like... That sounds so fun. It is fun. And we're all adults. So it's like, but it's real camp. Like I camped out two years in a row in a tent. Um, oh, it's so in it's the like middle actually of the in, okay. Oh yeah. You're, we're in the mountains of West Virginia at a campground and we're eating. We had like a camp mess hall. You're wearing shorts and t-shirts and you're Bump out spray. there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's geodesic domes and there's like a dome for learning and there's a dome for fucking. Cause again, we're all adults and they want to make sure you have a place. Cause if not everybody has a tent, you can actually have sex in. Or some people are in, if you're in a bunk, if you're in a cabin, like you paid for a cabin, you're in that cabin with multiple people who okay. don't want to hear you fucking. So it's like a dome set up that has like mattresses and all the stuff. And wait, but are, is it, are they like blocked off or is it just like one giant room? And everyone can see each other fucking. Oh, yeah. Everybody can see each other. But I guess there might, there might be fabric. There's like sometimes fabric <laughs> hanging in between. I but mean, is that and, part of the excitement that everyone can see each other? I think some people like it. Or you can just go at a time when like everybody, like if you go during lunch, most of the people are at the mess hall. So you oh, just Oh, okay, okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. I, I being bougie, my second year had like a family size tent with a queen size blow up bed. Um, and like a nightstand and stuff so i was just fucking in my tent i was like come to my tent uh, and out. um but yeah but that was so we met there he was totally unassuming because when we first met he was they were still um monogamous and very in the beginning of exploring so i didn't even think of him that way like, okay he was just a lovely man like he wasn't on the menu no, because I don't like, and that's the thing is being polyamorous doesn't mean I'm sitting here lusting after monogamous people. Usually if you're like, you're monogamous, I'm like, okay. And I go the other way. Like I'm not sitting there pining away and trying to make you be polyamorous. I think this is the number one thing people are most afraid of. Like when it comes no. to poly or gay or anything, like I think people are always like, they have this idea that like, oh my God, if you're gay, like you're going to want me. Like, yeah, And I'm like, mm. usually when you say, oh, I'm monogamous, I'm like, my vagina goes, <laughs> and she turns off and she's like, you're not for us. You're <laughs> goodbye. Um, but I, you know, super unassuming. And then the last year of camp, he walked up to me and he's just like, Oh, hey, Lola. Like, would you uh, want to hook up? And I was like, cool. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Not thinking anything of it. Cause I knew he had opened up. 
um because we were friends and i was just like yeah whatever yolo like yeah. whatever not thinking it was going to be anything yeah 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 kind of dorky clearly <laughs> i have a type and he we didn't even fuck and he blew my fucking mind like he had me so turned out I was high. How? I felt like how? Like, like what things he was saying? He was like grabbing me and hold, like I'm into pain. I like, you know, kink and I'm, I really, I'm a pain slut. And so he was like all over my neck and sucking me. And I had all these hickeys and he was like, is it, he asked if it was okay, but I had all these hickeys all over and he's grabbing me and spanking me and doing all this stuff and like fingering me. And it was just such so much that at a point I knew I was too high. Like it was like I was in a kink scene and I was like, Hey, can you look at my eyes? And he's like, your pupils are blowing. I'm like, you need to stop. Cause my pupils blow like I'm on fucking drugs. Like they get huge. You can't even see the color of my eyes. I mean, eyes I believe that because it's a, it's a druggy feeling. Like, it is. Like it it's, is. It's like rolling for me. Like yeah. I'm out of it. I'm giddily and I want to touch people, but I'm just like, okay. Sometimes I get really cold and I need a blanket, but we were just sitting in it after. And I just kept, I remember trying to make eye contact with my friend when he started, because I wasn't expecting it. And I'm looking like, does anybody see what's happening? What the, where did this come from? And my friend looks at me across the room and I'm like, and this is happening in front of a bunch of other people. Oh, because, oh, because everybody's fucking the last <laughs> night of camp is like a big play party and everybody's <laughs> doing things. And, and some people are just talking. It's nice because some people are just hanging out naked like we had a big inflatable unicorn in the middle of the dome so some people are just chilling on the unicorn some people are just sitting off in a corner some people are like just chatting somebody's getting spanked somebody's getting tied up wait having what sounds incredible because we're all sex educators but so like, it's like <laughs> everybody's like what you got what you bring with i mean you? i guess like is there yeah like you wouldn't be a sex educator if you weren't like a pretty horny person, right? I mean, there's some people who don't. I mean, there are definitely people who go to camp who don't partake and don't go to do the thing because they feel very like, this is a professional boundary. And I'm like, eh, I'm not, <laughs> servicing sounds dirty in this context, but I'm not, you know, like, I'm not at this point working with people where I felt like, oh, I can't do stuff. But also you have your boundaries. Like some people are, are just there and they might just be hanging out with like one person that they decided to hook up with. And you're just there in the energy of it. My first year of camp, I remember just sitting and watching and giggling and doing yoga, naked yoga. Yeah. And I didn't, like, I didn't have, you know, sex with anybody, but it was just good being in the energy yeah. of it. But that's how we met. And, well, that's how we started, like, hooking up. I was very jaded about it. I was like, that was cool. And then I was like, fuck, I like him. Um, and directly after that, we went to a conference because there was Woodhull used to be they used to line it up so it'd be camp and then woodhull so we all went to woodhull and is that and like a that's like a conference it's or? a conference it's the woodhull freedom summit and it's in virginia also in virginia like dc virginia like that area um so we all went there a conference for sex educators right it's right. a conference for sex educators and therapists and all you know everybody in that kind of realm um and i was just so smitten i was so smitten by him and like realizing I was smitten, but also like, oh God, he lives in California. I don't, I can't be with another long distance person. I had like a solid boundary, but he was very smitten and I fought it. I was just like, I was on the verge of divorce and didn't know it yet. Um, so things weren't great at home. And like, I was just like this dude, 
I do like him a lot, but fuck, he lives far away, and I don't know if I can do this. And he just kept, like, in a in a way where he's just like, I really like you. Like, he would send me songs and things, and and I then the divorce start, started happening. And I think the point where I was solidly entrenched, it was like February and we were in Canada because we were at the playground conference that they used to have up in Toronto. And he, I was not in a good space. I was falling apart and I had, I was working so much at this conference. I was doing my show. I was doing like three or four talks and my life is falling apart. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, this is going to either be amazing or I'm going to have a breakdown. And I just caught, and I was like, hey, do you want to come? I have, they got me a room, a room if you want to come. And and I know you're on the fence, but you can stay in my room and I'd really like you to be there. And he was there. Like he took care of me without me realizing until after how much he'd like, would just put water in my hand, carrying my bag, making sure I ate, navigating me around like, hey, maybe you should go like sit a little bit because you have like, you know, just stuff mm-hmm. that I was just so, if I was by myself, I probably wouldn't have done. Yeah, like the things um, you should be doing for yourself, but you weren't capable then or at right. that moment. Oh, for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I had my, like my first, I will say my first internal orgasm of him that and while we were there, which surprised, like without watching porn, because I have a lot of shit and it helps when I watch porn, it gets my head out of it. So like no porn thing. And I'm like, did I just, <laughs> did I just have an, okay, an internal orgasm. That's what that was, right? And I just remember being like, the fuck is going on? And I realized it's like, oh, you trust the fuck out of this person. Yeah. And he's also taking such good care of you. Um, and it really was like, I, it was the cup I needed. My cup was not even just, my cup was smashed. And like, I left there with like a brand new cup, half, at least half full, which was exactly what I needed. Do you think in a scenario like that, like, okay. Like, I think like getting dickmatized is a very real thing. Right. And and, like, I I don't just mean from dicks, but like, I can definitely like be very like, so sexually turned on and someone can make me come so hard that like I fall in a little bit in love. Like is like, and then, but then it gets confusing because it's like, or am I coming this hard because I love this person? Right. I think, (laughs) I think you have any of these like confused, confusing thoughts or like. If there wasn't of all the other stuff hadn't been in place, I maybe would have had that thought, but I think it was the combination things and then on top of that I was like oh because I'm not I'm a person who I can deal with the sex being mediocre if everything else is amazing sure because we can work on that sure. right like totally we can make sex better but when the things are when you're doing all the right things and the sex is bomb like you're gonna give me bomb dick and this? Like, wow. Yeah. The present. Yeah. The blessing. It's a wrap. It was a wrap. So <laughs> and that's where I was, I think, where I really realized, like, okay, we are, we're really together. And that, we've been together for five years. Okay. It's only five years this August. Um, and, And yeah. are you his first, like, poly relationship? No, he had had one before. Okay. Um, before we started dating, he was seeing one or two people. Um, 
And so he was already in things. So, and that was another thing is I didn't want to, I don't like being people's opener. Well, that's what I was, that's exactly like kind of where I was, what was making me wonder about it. Like, I don't like being someone's first girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, it's, mm, so it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. And I imagine in a poly situation, even more so, because there's probably so much someone is like battling with internally and figuring out. And like, I'm sure, I'm sure there are so many fumbles before realizing like what your boundaries are and like what kind of poly you want to be like I'm sure right right yeah it sounds exhausting to be someone's first it helps though because he's a therapist so he's a therapist who specializes in like sex therapy type things and 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 you know non-monogamy and all this stuff so we had a leg up like I always say we are we might be an anomaly in that you have a sex educator who's had, I had already had all this time to work through all the shit in my polyamory when we met. And then he had already been doing some stuff, but he also had comes to the table with this whole set of tools and, and having two people, I think I helped his wife in her journey to like things seeing like, Oh, this isn't going to be awful mm-hmm. because coming in and we, we've talked about it. And she said like, yeah, like the, you would check on me and we would have conversations that didn't revolve around him. And, you know, you cared about what I wanted. So like, even now when we plan seeing each other, he's coming here in April, we sit down and we go through like, when's your kiddo? Is this going to affect school? Is this going to put a lot of pressure on your wife? Like, what does she have going on at work? Will it be hard for her Mm -hmm. to be the solo parent while you're away for like a week and a half? Mm -hmm. And we go through the calendar together and we're like, Oh, this will probably be a better time. And like, who else could you lean on? Oh, could you call your friend to like help with this? Mm-hmm. That, and we sit and we really talk about that shit. Like, it's not just, let's just pick a date. Uh, you know, like I was, I was supposed to be in Burbank for Ann me, which ended up not happening, but we were trying to figure out if he could come see me and it didn't work out because mm-hmm. it was just too many things. And there's this part of you in your heart where you're like, if you love me, you would just get on <laughs> and you would do it. But I'm like, no, that's not life. Like, sure. That's, and that's not, and I can't always drop everything and just go see him. So, you know, it, it takes a lot of plotting and planning and um, for us to do things. And, you know, when people go like, oh, you make it sound so easy. I'm like, eh, it's because I'm giving you the abridged version of five years of sure. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At, at any given time, like how many people are you generally dating? Or seeing, I, or how many partners do you have? I should say. Yeah. So I have a okay. dating thing. So the constellation right now is I have a partner, my main partner mm-hmm. in California, and I have a lover in Portland, and then I have what do you call them? They are. <laughs> I don't know. They're okay. my glitter. They're not because they're people who live far away who I haven't met. Like there's this really cute artist that I talked to in Texas who I've not met because we were supposed to meet in 2020 when I came to Texas for a thing. It didn't happen. And he's just been, he's really in my DMs all the time. Like we talk and we have like cyber sex and shit all the time, but he's really like invested in like, I'm going to, we're going to do this in person. So we talk all the time. So it's not a relationship, but it's definitely like, we're going to, we're going to hook up. It's going to happen. And there's this other guy in the UK that's whatever. So those they're not they're not relationships, but they're people that are in my orbit. Okay. Yeah. I would love I would love to have like a New York boy. I call him like my New York boyfriend. I I was dating somebody here. 
he was definitely the like, I'm polyamorous. Oh, I'm breaking up with you because I'm going to be monogamous with this girl. Ugh. I mean, and, right. is that like, is that a common scenario? It's a scenario that I like, honestly, when we met, one of my biggest things was his, he was like, oh, I'm new to poly. And he goes, I know you say you don't like that. Like mm-hmm. it's in your, it's in my bio. And I talk about it in other places, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but here, and he like really sold his bill of goods. Mm-hmm. And we had all these other things in common. And it was like during lockdown. And I was just like a human mm-hmm. who's willing to get COVID tested to see me. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is okay. Yeah. Whereas I think if we were in the normal times, I probably would have been like, eh, right, right, right. Um, and it ended up being like a lot of drama because he we dated. He broke up with me the first time because it was too good. He's so he said he was like worried about the connection, all just whatever bullshit. And then and then on my birthday, he was like, I want to date you again because I realized I was stupid and da 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 da. And so that was going well. And he and then so other is, side it, is this guy just confused? I don't know. Well, I think he's somebody who polyamory felt like he's a 51 or two year old man who I think got out of a marriage and was like poly instead of going, oh, I can date was like polyamory sounds like it's right for me. It means I can date other people and these people won't get upset that I'm dating all these people. And it felt like maybe drama free. But really what you were looking for was that one person and you found somebody who was like, I don't want you dating other people. And you quickly go, okay. And I'm like, so you're not polyamorous. Sure. Because there's no way in hell. I don't care how cute you are. I don't, how, I don't care how bomb the dick is. This is part of my, my DNA for me. Yeah. Like it's part of my sexual It's identity. a non-negotiable. It's not. It, it's not. Yeah. I, it's how I love. Like, I don't know how to turn it off. There is no off switch. And See, I think I like I feel like I relate to this guy because <laughs> because no, 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 and maybe this is just like me projecting all over the place. But like to me, when I talk to someone like you, I'm like, of course, polyamory makes sense. Like everything you're saying sounds so logical. And I love right. I love things that make sense. Right. Like right. to me, like I'm so turned on by like logical things. And to me, polyamory just seems way more logical than monogamy. Right. But, but yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, I don't know. I don't know that in my heart of hearts, I'm polyamorous. Like, and in fact, I'm fine. not. <laughs> You're not. And I'm, and that's the thing. I am not one of those polyamorous people who are like, you're not evolved if you're and I'm like fuck that some people are not built this way mm-hmm. some people do not have the capacity mm-hmm. to love multiple people my ex-husband he couldn't take to he couldn't be in love with me and stay in love with me and while falling in love with this other person and that was a big chunk of why we ended up getting divorced it, I mean of a lot of other things too but it was like he was poly by situation mm-hmm. and I'm poly, you know and he just was poly in your heart yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm not saying people can't try it. I'm just saying, I think some people are made to be monogamous. I know lots of wonderful, happy monogamous people who don't ever think about doing things with other, like whatever. And I think there are people who like you, I feel like there are people who would love a little exploration and like deep flirtation, maybe like your partner making out and you're going to, but you have a boundary to how far that could go. And like you, there's things that would make you excited and you love and that's monogamish you know like where there's people who love that stuff and i'm like there's room for folks like that there's room for everybody but i think it becomes the like with this dude it just it was so upsetting because it was like if this would have been our conversation from the beginning my i would have i would have had a hard no 
Of course, I'm just yeah. not yeah. open to being with you until you decide you don't want to, till you decide you want to be monogamous right. and uh, with somebody. And I'm just, because I, that is so damaging. And, and I, my heart breaks. I have a lot of space for love and I have a lot of, that means I have a lot of space for heartbreak and my heart gets crushed. Like, have you ever been madly in love and brokenhearted at the same time? You feel crazy. When I was going through my divorce while falling in love with my new partner, it was such, I felt like I was being split in two by how the emotion, like the deep, like my life with this person for 17 years is collapsing and I'm creating this new world with this person who makes me feel like magic. I can't even fathom. It's maddening. And every time it happens, I'm just like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Because I've been broken up with while still being like, I've gone to see my boyfriend with a broken heart from something else, but going to see him and being so happy we get to be together and like, oh my God. And it's just such this swirling thing. It must feel like crazy, like manic or something, right? It does. And it's not for everybody. And, And the thing is, is I want people to realize like you... Just because I have capacity doesn't mean that it's okay for you to stomp on me. Right. Or it's not like you're feeling those things any less, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I catch feels for people. I will say easy, but not. I'm very picky. I'm a picky slut and I catch people, feelings for people selectively. But when I do, I'm kind of there. Like Mm -hmm. I'm having a conversation with this dude right now who just does not get polyamory. And he keeps saying like, if I come all the way, to the to America to like see you like I want you to like be monogamous I'm like I stop saying that because I can't be monogamous I yeah. don't exist in monogamy what I can offer you is that when we are together I will focus solely on you I'm like that like I'm not gonna roll over and text my boo do we do I talk to him yes but w- when he knows I'm with someone or we're like a week and away like we say good morning we say good night he wants to make sure I'm alive mm-hmm. and happy. And then we debrief much later, but it's not like I'm sitting there like, hold on, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I can focus on you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be there with you, but I'm not monogamous. Like, do you all, all, all of that being said, do you feel like the question is not, is everyone polyamorous? But like, my question is more like, do you think like if we all, if society didn't feed us all these like heteronormative, monogamous, you know, uh, like messages, like would we like in the human in the purest form, like are we all born polyamorous? Does that make sense? I, like, I think we have. No, because, you know, little kids, we have to teach kids to share because it's like innate that some this is mine and I, and I want it all for myself. Yeah, but true. I think. I think with different messaging, and I think we're seeing this with like the Zennials, like Gen Z, mm-hmm. is without all that messaging or with alternate messaging, right? With with if you offer somebody a sampler, like those Valentine's boxes, mm-hmm. you know, with all the candy, you don't eat all the candy all the time, right? You you have pieces you like. You you they're like nobody wants the coconut, nobody wants the one that has like because it's not even real coconut. It's like ugh. nobody wants the weird pink one that is it strawberry. But caramel, so you like, oh, or maybe the almond, you you like take from it. But I think if you're, so if you're offered choices, I think people, more people would make choices differently. I think people would, you know, explore a little bit more or be open to things, look for partners in a different way. Like cheating is real and a thing. And like, what if you 
met and married somebody who was like cool with y'all occasionally fucking other people with parameters. Mm -hmm. You know, like swinging swingers are usually monogamous people. They're, they're emotionally monogamous. They're not getting emotionally invested with other people, but they go and they, you know, they want to be physical with others and it's exciting. And there's different parameters for different swinger types of swingers, but like are swingers not, under the umbrella of poly. It's on the uh, umbrella of ethical non-monogamy okay. because even though they're emotionally monogamous, they are like physically going to be with other people. Right. And there are people, but it's who, not like, polyamory. It's not polyamory. It's not because there's no you're not forming because polyamory is you're forming emotional bonds. They don't it's not and sex doesn't always have to be involved because, you know, folks on the A spectrum can be poly and but you're forming emotional bonds. You're forming emotional loving bonds, whether that be with your partner, your metamor, you know, the different all the people in your poly constellation, part of your polycule, as it were, um, you're forming like emotional bonds whereas with a lot of other you know like with swinging you're not you might become friends right and there might be a friendship that happens out of that Mm -hmm. and and community but it's not like you're not out there seeking these multiple loving bonds and i think that's the thing that's really important with polyamory is that it is about establishing the the goal the finite goal for folks who are poly are is to form emotional bonds with multiple people. For me, it's like, yes, do I hook up and do I date? Yes, sure. Because how do you vet who you want to move mm-hmm. further with? I'm still poly even when I'm hooking up, even if my intention isn't to necessarily have emotional bonds with this person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I'm looking, I'm always like open to having some kind of bond. And it may not be, you know, uh, as deep as my partnered love. Like, I have a lover. What's the difference for me? A lover is somebody who I'm emotionally very close to and we have sex, but we're not at that same level. Like I don't call them when everything falls apart. Like we touch base and we're in each other's orbit. We're definitely going to spend time and we're going to catch up and they do know stuff, but they're not like the person I'm texting. First. It's not as vulnerable. It sounds like it's not as vulnerable. They're not my, emerg- like my partner is my emergency contact. He's on my healthcare proxy because he yeah. is, you know, I mean, he's third in line because I have other people who live closer. Who I'm like, you live too far away to be pulling the plug. Or something. Just like logistically, so, logistically. Well, also, if I'm ever in his town, he should. You know, my sister can't do that. Yeah. Then, but he's become that part of my family where he's. So on it sounds like it's it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a partner is someone that would break your heart, and a lover is someone that you would get like butt hurt. No, they would break my heart. More than that, I would. It would break my heart, but I think it's more like for me, my partner is somebody who is a big part of my life investment. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I am making some of my decisions around what I'm doing moving forward in my life around him. Um, you know, like eventually, I'm planning to move from New York. I'm not moving to California, which he was very like. I'm not like you should have bought a house with a separate house for me because I don't (laughs) want to live in the house with you. Which which we talked about. Do you? I wanted to ask you that. Like, do you? You know, um, so you talked about being solo poly earlier, which is you are your own primary and then you have partners and lovers all over the place. Um, But you like your home is you. Yes. That like, do you, is is that like a commitment, a forever commitment? Yes. Okay. (laughs) No, I, you know what it is? I think if I would have, if this would have been how my life started 
in my 20s and my third like 30s if this how I've been living I think maybe I would have wanted to move more into a direction of like we all live in a house together but I'm 40 and I was in a with one person for 17 years we were married for 10 technically we'll sit still marrying because the paperwork hasn't I haven't been served with the final paperwork but whatever but I know that life is not what I want I lived a married life I met somebody when I was, I met him when I was 19. We moved in together when I was 20 and a half. I didn't have wild and crazy, you know, I mean, we had fun together and we had crazy times. Sure, 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 sure. I wasn't living by myself in an apartment with roommates, partying and dating. I missed out on that. And I was very much a housewife in my twenties and thirties. And, and so I just, I want, I want, like I picked out that goddamn bed behind me by myself and I didn't have to talk to anybody else about it. And I don't have to, you know, ask if somebody like, is this mattress too soft? I don't give a fuck. It's mine. And you come here and you sleep in it and you go home. It needs to be what I want. And you're just visiting. But also like, like, on the other hand, like also, I mean, of course, like it took you that relationship to realize that that's what you want. right? Right. And so like, of course, you know, Things had to go exactly how they went for you to be where you are at now. But also, like, it makes me think of, like, there are probably a lot of people who who have come to the same realization or maybe not even the same realization, but they are in a situation where they don't want they're married. They want to, like, do their own thing. And they don't ever because that's not quote unquote normal at all. It's not. I mean, but there's been a movement of people who are like, moving out and living separate, but still in committed monogamous relationships. But like, I need a whole house because I think as humans, I, d- I don't think, I think we meet each other and we fall in love and we don't look at all the things mm-hmm. like we, we are, the trope is like you move in and your husband has to throw away everything from his bachelor pad. And like, you know, the wife is the one who does all this. I feel like that's such a trope that we are breaking out of and people are realizing and like, my ultimate goal, I would love to live in the neighborhood they live in or if they ever got like, I, I wasn't joking. It was a it was a joke between my partner and my friend who lives in Albuquerque, whoever bought a house first, if they bought a little house for me, that I would move there. I'm moving to Albuquerque because my friend bought a house and they're making a little house for me. They're turning the garage into an, a, 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 a separate house. And we have like plans for it written up and like, uh, we've had the architect come in and I'm moving there for that. And like, I always joke with him, like you could have bought that house that had the mother. <laughs> this could have been you, but <laughs> it could have been you, but that's what I want. Like I want, I want to live near my community, but I do want my own space. I yeah. want my own, but I love, I'm loving the idea of like being able to burst in like Kramer and be in my friend's house and like hang out and have that kind of support of like, if something happens, I'm still, near someone who could help me and be with me and and same I can support them but we also have our separate space and one day if my partner if that's something that works out for us that could be a thing I will tell you if he could marry me he would I have threatened his life I've said if if they ever change the law and we can get married I will break up with you if you ask me to marry you because I just don't want to ever get I'm like I'm good I've you, done it you did it you tried I, it not for right. You. you only need one wife. You don't need two. Like I don't. But I did agree that on our tenth anniversary, I would have we could have like a ceremony to make him happy. I'm like, okay, and t- if we make it to ten years, you get to have it's like, like a symbolic thing. Yeah, like a symbolic thing because he, but he, because he's very he's schmoopy like that. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, he's schmoopy. Mm-hmm. 
he want that's a thing he wants and I'm willing to like do that and give that to him but you know it's a real thing like they came out to their parents in 2019 I met their parents for the first time for Thanksgiving this past year like last year and, and what do the parents think I don't I think I think her her parents love me her mom is already like you're one of my daughters now and I'm like okay like her mom loves me her mom's I think because her mom sees how much I love her daughter, like that we're friends and family and that we take care of each other and that I'm not trying to take anything from her. And, you know, that I'm adding to not subtracting and how much their kid loves me and that I love her. And I think her mom really sees that and that I'm trying to like I'm adding to their life. I'm trying to add to their life and not, you know, make it worse. I'm trying to make it better. Um, his parents, I think, were a little more traditional and they were lovely and we were all and I think we had great conversations and I think it helped meeting me. But I think it's been a little harder for them, like getting wrapping their heads sure, around. Sure, it's like a very new concept, I imagine, to like yeah. an older generation like that. Right. And like, well, what does this mean? And like, you know, but I think meeting me and seeing us all as a unit and, you know, I think a ho- spending a holiday with people. <laughs> You know, like in that where we're all cooking together and coming together and talking and getting to watch us interact just naturally. And that we're not, it's not this whole hedonistic, um, right? you know, like I'm not, we're not just making out and, but we're lovely, you know, we're lovely and they're lovely. And I, I think it helped. You know, I think I, I, I think I actually know quite a few people that without labeling as such are solo poly. And they have, I think, like, I almost feel like they have been trying to tirelessly explain to people that this is really what they want. Yeah. But it's almost like people don't believe it no, because we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, that's not what we're supposed to want. We're supposed to want right. to be with, like, one person, a wife, a husband, whatever, forever. Right. And or then- that you have to want children also or like how could you right. go home and sleep by and I'm like well I don't I don't like sleeping with any I you know even when I was still married we had gotten to a point where we were like man if we could get a king size bed because you know sleeping next to somebody all the time if you have different ways you sleep or sure. like, I'm a night owl and all those it's things actually super to- weird to me that we even have to sleep with our partner like I I love my husband and like yeah and like he prefers that we sleep together in bed so I do it because you know marriage is compromised, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I, like at the core of me, I don't believe that two people need to sleep together ever. If we're not in a king size bed, he and I are like, I'm like, okay. Cause at some point I want to roll away. And you're two separate universes when you're sleeping. You're not even like connecting like that. So. Right. And you know, but it's, but it's not, you know, it's people like, well, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, when I'm there, like I have a room in their house, which it's also like, we got a Murphy bed. So that when it when I'm not there, it's an office or whatever. Mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the bed pulls down, and then like he'll spend the night. So he'll we'll say good night and to his wife. Like just giving an example of a night. We'll, mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. watch a movie, whatever. We'll wrap up, say good night. He'll come up. We'll be in my room and we'll cuddle and we'll fuck whatever. And he'll fall. He'll stay until I fall asleep, and then he'll get up and go. Sometimes we might agree that he'll sleep with me, and then I'll be like, you got it. <laughs> Either I'm like hot or I'm just like, this is a lot. Sometimes I don't mind, you know, and he'll stay. Isn't it also um, that thing of like, 
it's I, I have found like in in the times in my life where I've lived alone, it's like when you there are certain things that you, when once you get used to it, it's so hard to like convince yourself to go back to doing it. I and, have five pillows, yeah. and they're all for me. And when he comes to visit, I had to buy him pillows because I'm like, you can't have any of these pillows. <laughs> None of them are for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hear it. I, I mean, even, you know, something as simple as keeping your magic wand hanging on the edge of yeah. your head. Like, some things just become like, you you don't want to compromise those things anymore. <laughs> no, but I don't think you should have to. Like, I have friends who are in monogamous relationships mm -hmm. who have different bedrooms mm -hmm. because... One's super neat and minimal, mm -hmm. and one is not. And I, so, I in my last relationship, I did that, and it was yeah. wonderful. It was awesome. It helps, and they and they'll spend the night in each other's rooms. But then it's like there's no fighting over like, can you pick up your whatever? Can right, you right, pick right. Up whatever, because you have your own room, and don't tell me what to do. I'm shutting the door. It's don't also so nice to, to have all your things in your yeah. room. Like that's that's its own feeling too. It is. Well, what is everybody with these she sheds and man caves? All that is, is because you don't have a separate bedroom. <laughs> and if you had a separate bedroom, you wouldn't need a she shed. That, that is <laughs> actually so, so true. But like, I really want to tell like my, my friends that I was just telling you about, like, I want to introduce this term to them because I think I feel like it would be comforting to them to know that there is like a term for it because yeah. I, it looks very exhausting looking from the outside in to watch them like explain it to people over and over and just like kind of not be believed. Like, yeah, I, I want to do my own thing mm -hmm. and I want to date around and like, and that's like, that's the life I want. Like I'm, I'm not, my end goal is not, you know, this. It physically hurts me. To ha if I would have to, like it does. But when we sit down, sometimes I'll have to tell him, like, "Hey, you're being overbearing," and not, and he's not doing it purposefully. But I'm just like, like I just feel like you're trying to control things. I don't want to give it to you. Um, when when it comes to certain stuff, but it is. I I just I like my life a lot. Yeah, like, I I like my life. Being married feels light years away. We had some really great times. Mm -hmm. I, my life wasn't bad. But this is who I am. And I think this is who I always was. Mm -hmm. And I fell into that trap of you have to get married. And I just happened to meet a really great guy. And at the end, it didn't work out. But he was wonderful when he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I was wonderful for him when I was wonderful for him. Sure. And it didn't work out for us because I didn't want kids. And he started realizing he wanted kids. Mm -hmm. um, I was realizing, like, I'm a very independent person. And he was like, I'm realizing but like that, oh isn't when you that also like the problem with meeting someone well, not the problem 19? but yeah yes. like deciding on forever at 19 i I've, I've been there as well at exactly 19 yeah. but like you are going to grow right and change you are. and if you, you don't are. like you're kind of an asshole <laughs> i had a quarter life crisis at 25 i remember the moment i snapped i was washing dishes and i started sobbing i had literally like teal house lady gloves on <laughs> washing dishes and i started sobbing like a desperate like, housewives moment yeah because well, like, who the fuck are you like this is not who you want to be like this is a fun part like yeah. this has been a fun this has been a really fun make-believe moment right a, a fun dress like up. thanks for the memories right but i just wasn't that and this was also like before i was finding my way into sex ed i was at the time, was I still waiting tables? Oh, so the sex ed thing came after. Yeah, because I was waiting tables. Then I was a... How did how did you pivot into sex ed? Like what? 
it's Twitter. just because you are oh t- oh oh you know what happened? it was literally i was a bored monogamous housewife and i got a twitter account to start and i would tweet out my adventures that i had as like a teen late teens and and like moments and i would tweet stories i call it story time and then it started moving into me talking about um what was happening in my life, which I had started discovering that I was kinky, mm-hmm. like that, oh, this is a thing. I had an affair before, right before we got married, um, because I was just clearly not happy. But I realized like, oh, I don't want to leave you and be with this person. I want mm-hmm. both of you. Mm-hmm. I want to be in my then husband, my then fiance was like, no. And I'm like, okay. And I kind of tucked it, but didn't bury it. I was like, We're, I can do, th- I can somehow do this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I found an article where I, found I imagine out, a lot like, of people do that. Yeah, because well, I because then I started. I found an article they were talking about polyamory, and I'm like, this is me. This is who I was before I met him. This is why. This is the 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 shift in my body. The not feeling. I'm not feeling whole. Like I'm missing something, mm-hmm. and this is it. And like, it was it took it was time, and we started out with me just talking to him about it. And then because I am bisexual and he was like very open to like, I could watch, you know, that's how you get in with, with mm-hmm, men mm-hmm. a lot of times. Like, <laughs> so, so we would, we would just go to bars and like talk about who would like to pick up. And we're both kind of shy about that and awkward. I'm very awkward with women. And so it was, but it was fun. It was fun going out and like talking about and fantasizing. And then that became a thing. And then we started going to swingers clubs. So it sounds like you were just like having like a sexual awakening. Yeah. And then tweeting about it. Yeah. And because I was talking about sex and being a big girl, being black, being queer, and you're talking about the stuff and I'm self-taught, have always read everything and consumed anything about sex. I have a very inordinate amount of sex knowledge and I would like talk to people and do things. And so then I found out about my first conference was Cattle's Con. We ended up, we met at a That's Cattle's Con. That's where I met Con. you, yeah. Um, but the first conference I ever went to was a Cattle's Con. And I was there and I'm like, at that point I had a blog. I had a very large following because bless Titty Tuesday. And, <laughs> you know, I always say people, they came for the titties and they stayed for the knowledge because- my fan base was built off of titty pics and sex sex stories and sex advice on Twitter. And I went to this conference and I'm like, I want to be a part of this community and I want to add to this, the sex positive community. How do I do this? And that's where Sex at a Go to Go came from. Because I was like, I have connections in burlesque because I had been hosting burlesque shows. I know like an inordinate amount of knowledge about sex and things and sex edagogo is your show you are the it's creator and host yeah i'm the creator and host and so it was just like a live i did it in the back room of a bar and uh would go on That's stage so brooklyn first of all yeah so brooklyn and it started out <laughs> with just me on stage and people would ask me questions the first show three people were there but i and i talked for an hour about like the one question somebody gave me and I just made it work. And then they just built and I like added a guest. And Have you always been that sexually confident? Yeah. yeah that I've been that friend. I'm the Samantha. Like you're that the Samantha. Was, I've always, yeah. I'm and the you've always like, just been that way. Yeah. And I don't, well, I do know why, like I have like assault and molestation shit in my background. Mm-hmm. And I was the, the person that became hypersexual, but not in a, not in a let me have sex kind of way, but let me like 
devour anything I can to know about it. And I want to talk about it. And I want to, like, I was the kid who was like, hey, do you do know it's called a cunt? Like in first grade. And it was like, do you know that word? Like, what do you call yours? Like doing informal surveys. Of mm-hmm, what do you call mm-hmm. your, what do you, what does your mom call it? Like, what do you call it? I mean, so I'm like, right there with you. Like, cat. I've, you know, as young as you're saying, even like, I have always been just so curious about sex. Yeah. Like, I just want to know everything about sex. I could think about, talk about, you know, live like sex all day long. Like, I'm yeah. just, it's like because it's the interesting thing that lights up my brain. Yeah, I found my grandpa's porn stash, and I remember it wasn't even the pictures I wanted. I love, you know, they still make them. They're like they're like these pamphlet books, not even pamphlet. They're like little books, and they're like that that gray paper with type on it. And they're and people would write like write in their experiences or stories, <laughs> and they're and it's just like a bunch of that. And it's like there's like penthouse one. letters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a little little like booklet. It looks like a Reader's Digest, but it's porn. And it, but there's no photos in it, and there's stories. There might be like some ads, but I remember that was my favorite thing to find. And I would just lay and I would read it, and I liked the way it made me feel. But it was also like I'm learning about you know folks who are at the time cross-dressing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, people and like, oh, people like it didn't shock me. I'm like, oh, I was very open at a young age to like, this is how people are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, HBO had real sex mm-hmm. and I would sneak and watch it mm-hmm. because it was fascinating. I was just, I never felt judgmental. It was just this thing of like, this is what people can do. Like it was the world was open. And then as I grew, I think I became like, I'm always in it for the experience. Like I love a, I love a hookup, not because of like the sex per se, but is it an adventure? Like I'm totally with you. We're going to meet at the St. Mark's hotel and you want me to show up dressed up like a schoolgirl in a trench coat. I'm there. I'm totally with you. Right. Like the sex might be mediocre, but what's it with you? (laughs) Yeah. And that's how I've always been of, I've been interested in it and very like invested in learning about it. And I mean, I went to a very progressive high school and we were having sex parties where we were watching like the Houston 500. And that was a, that was the one porn we watched over and over again, or we watched Gia. Back on VHS. Yes, we did. Yeah. And we I mean, that was around. our only option back then, right? It was. And we would sit around and talk about it and like make out, I think like a couple people might have been having like penetrative sex, but for the most part, it was like heavy petting, making out, exploring each other. It's like we were euphoria without the drugs. Hold on, did you grow up in New York City? I went to high school here in New York City. So did I. And I I have a few guests. Yeah, but I moved here for my. I went. I went to. I was in South Carolina up until my freshman year of high school and okay. I came here for It's funny you say euphoria because like I'm seeing all these things online like where the fuck is euphoria high? High school's not like that. It's like if you put 27-year-olds in high school and I also went to high school in New York City and I'm like actually euphoria so is pretty fucking accurate. It is. I mean, <laughs> and we were like we would if it was a half day, I would my mom never knew and we'd go to my one friend's house. Yep. And we would like. There's always one house whose like parents are always in Europe or something, right? right. Or they're working, and they or they work like a swing weird swing shift, so they're gone by the time you get out of school, and they're not coming back until like eleven at night. So we could hang out, and but that was yeah, my experience. Like 
we were doing like games and things. So it was very, it was like slutty. Like I didn't lose my penetration virginity until I was 18 because I just, I was like, mm, it's, I'm not, but like the adventure is more fun than, you know, having my toes in this dude's mouth while I make out with my girlfriend is more fun than being fucked. I think right now, like I wasn't, I wasn't in it. And then when I did have sex, it was with the older guy I was dating. And I remember I was watching Smurfs and I was like, Oh, this is happening. And I kind of was like, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to, cause at that point I had done all this stuff and he was very into it. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, are you okay with this? I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Like, like what a wonderful introduction to like, or what a wonderful, like gradual, you know, like way to get into sex. Yeah. Well, and also like, just sexuality period. Like I went to school where like I came out in my, my oral communications class and a written piece I had to write an original piece and we had to give a speech about something personal. And so I came out in that class. That teacher still talks about that. <laughs> like we had lunch because she lives in Albuquerque. And so we, we had lunch when I was visiting and she was like, I still like, I to this day remember you doing that. And that's how I met my girlfriend. I came out <laughs> in that class and the girl that I ended up dating who now is married and has a lovely baby. She's like, um, Hey, me too. <laughs> yeah. But we had a lot of friends who were like, maybe they were open in our group, but maybe not open to their families. But I went to school with so many kids. And after we call, I went to Long, Long Island City High School. So our initials are LIC. And um, so now we call it Lost in the Closet because so many people have come out as gay, trans, like who weren't in high school. Um, my, you know, it's it was a very, we had teen moms, but we had like a daycare for their my babies. My school had a daycare too. Yeah. And people are like, that's so weird. I'm like, but wouldn't you want, like, there were rules like you had to get there. They had to get there like six o'clock mm -hmm. get their kids set up and get them fed and stuff before they started class. And there was like, they had to pick them up at a certain time, but it meant they could go to fucking school. Yeah. Yeah. They could get a goddamn education and not be dropouts. Yeah. And like for me, birth control, because hanging out with these, <laughs> these, you know, girls and their babies and seeing like the struggle of taking care of a baby and like you couldn't, you want to go do this thing, but you got to go take your baby and hope your mom wants to watch the baby. But this is why we did not let a penis inside of our body until well, we were 18. Say, I thought I heard something like since the show Teen Mom on MTV came out, like something like teen pregnancies actually like noticeably declined. Yeah, because you're seeing the real like what it is. And I think there's always going to be. I know there's going to be kids who like I've gone to high schools to do Q and A's and answer questions. And there are girls who are just like, I don't care. I'm having a baby. My mama will watch it. Like they are very set uh -huh. on it. But then there are also girls who are like, I thought I wanted that, but I don't like, I can wait. You know, when you, so when I, you do these, like when you do these like sex ed classes in schools and stuff, like what is the most commonly asked question? <laughs> kids are always like, so people do people really like feet. <laughs> I'll never, like, <laughs> There's always the class clown who thinks they're gonna throw me, but they're like, "Do people like getting beaten? Like, does it work?" And I'm like, "So let me tell you about kink, and like, we'll go into it." Let me tell they you about kink and sex you. for pleasure. Yeah, but no, but they, but the thing is, is they know about pleasure, and they, they're really like they're deep diving. These kids are like, okay, so if there are two of us and we're both drunk, we can't consent. So is it rape? I'm like, well. If one of you go to the cops and say this happened, yeah, then it becomes rape. And like, and they're like, so, so what does that mean? I'm like, don't have sex while you're drunk. 
like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. lesson and, and but they're always looking for a loophole or they're I like guess, hey yeah yeah because it's it's there is like I think I think about that too like the whole drunk thing and like the consent thing like I guess it's if someone reports it then it's rape right well right. And if someone feels raped then it's raped so it's, right. it's like it's kind of it's almost like the philosophical end is like different than like the legal end right yeah like well and then even legal it could be it depends on like the scenario and like mm-hmm. your ages and I, like we went through all of that i was like listen neither one of you are consenting if you go in front of a judge who's progressive and can have that conversation with mm-hmm. you and who's not trying to throw the you know that maybe that'll happen to like hey I know you feel this, but they were also like out mm-hmm. of their mind drunk or, and like, but then it's like, well, how do we prove that we're both drunk or whatever? And it becomes like mm-hmm, proof mm-hmm. in case and other, other things mm-hmm. come into play. It's not a so black like, or white thing. Right. Yeah. It's not black or white. There's nuance and it's going to be like, well, what are other people at the party going to say? What are, you know, who's going to come forward and talk about it? I'm like, you're giving me a scenario, but you're trying to give me a scenario in a vacuum. And that's not how things Yeah, they're trying to get out. like a generalized answer out of you. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, but so it's not like that. the best bet is try to like, and, and, and we have the conversation about body language and somebody might be saying yes to you, but if they're kind of scrunched up and you, they don't look like they're enjoying it, they're probably not. Yeah. And so even if you're hearing yes, like their body could be saying what about what about adults like what's the most commonly asked question from adults adults always do the like how do i make my blah 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 and i i'm always like we don't make people do things what do you mean oh like how do i get my partner to peg me how do i make my husband let me peg him or how do i make my wife do anal or how and i'm like we don't make we suggest we express our desire and we also accept when our partner does not want to Actually, do those things. I I am not a sex educator and I get that question a lot. I get a lot of how do I get my girlfriend to do anal? Yeah. And I'm like, or and, and my thing is like, hey, if it's a thing of you want to talk about, it, it's like, well, do you understand like you're understanding it from your point of view of what you want, but mm-hmm. do you get that why it might not be something she wants to mm-hmm. do? And like I have that conversation in the shop all the time because it's like, hey, we don't have prostates, but we have G spots that can get stimulated, like through that thin, you know, um, material, the the membrane between. But also, like if your dick is not curved, mm-hmm. it might not hit that, or if you're, <laughs> you know, it might not be a thing that they feel. But you might be able to, you know, get if there's a toy. I'm like, there's logistics. But also you have to get that maybe they won't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and I also offer like, are you willing to put something in your butt in solidarity? Sure, like, are you right. willing to do a toy or, you know, because there it can be very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, even for seasons. Like I have plugs that I'm like, I use this plug all the time. And then I hadn't done butt stuff in a while. And man, oh man, did I cry trying to take <laughs> that glass plug out because I was just like, I forgot that this. Oh my god! Are you are you like a try anything once type? I try. I mean, I have my. I will say my hard nose used to be no vomit, no poop, no pee. Okay. And I will say my no pee got changed <laughs> because of I realized like with like I don't want I don't want it in my mouth. I don't yeah. Want it on my face. But like as part of a degradation scene, if you like fuck me up and then you piss all over me and then you give me a shower and cuddle me i am in hot or i (sighs) peed on somebody in a shower who had a trump mask on in vegas (laughs) and i was like i liked that a lot is that even like sexual at that point 
It's not. That's it was just, just like just pissing on Trump. You <laughs> have a Trump mask. We're in Vegas. You have a great mask. I'm in. You know what? Let's just do poop. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And no. And no. no I'm poop, I'm still, no. Poop. I'm just like no. But pee. But I'm you know like, what? Poop. I put. I kind of put vomit and poop in one category. And to me, like pee is not in the same category as. It's poop. not. It's a. It's different. It's different. It's a different. Like, it's a different. But I still don't want it in my mouth or on my face. But I can. I can like have it on my body. Like mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't mind my body. But and and you know and I said I've learned that your nose can soften not because somebody's forcing you to but when you're exposed to it in a way of like maybe seeing it and I think because I saw it in a porn that was that kind of scenario I mm-hmm. described and it was and I'm a very it's hard to explain this to guys but I'm like I want you to be mean to me and fuck me up like just I want to be hit hard and like <laughs> fuck me like uh, I had a lover who would just find ludicrous things to hit me with like a bike chain and he bought he bought like a he's like i bought a brand new bike chain and i'm gonna be what but it wasn't it wasn't the whole beating so like we had a whole scene he starts with his hands he would move on to other implements he would get really rough and then like i would get like two whacks with the bike chain and that would end is that it. the craziest thing you've ever been beat with I love that you even have to think about it. I have it. to think about it. If I had it ever was, been beaten with a bike chain, I'd be like, yes, absolutely, 100%. That is the I craziest think thing I've be, ever been beaten with. <laughs> probably. At this point, yes. I'm sure there'll be other things. But it was just the it was the whole scenario of knowing I was going to get hit with it. When was he bringing it out? And But it was also somebody that I knew would be really soft with me. Like, he had food waiting for me. So yeah. after our scene, and like he fucked me really well and made sure I came after because I I don't mix my pain in my sex. Like it's hard. I can do things to you, but I don't it takes me out. Like I need to be here for orgasms and I need to be here for mm-hmm. brain gasms. Sure. Um from like kink stuff. And like when they mix it, my body's like, ah, I don't I don't want it. So but like having somebody who knows those things and like Checks on, makes you okay, cleans you up, cuddles you, fucks you, has food for you after. Like I can do, I can go hard because I know I'm getting taken care of. And like you're trying hard to send you home. It's you such know, a so you're hard not thing to explain. Like I, yeah. I mean, like of course, the only way that they'll understand is if you communicate each and every one of those things. But it's so like, oh man, like it's it takes such a long time to get there. Like please be like be so mean to me, but then I need you to be so yeah, nice to me. So nice to me. <laughs> and like, I, can you be really mean? Like, could I like convince me? <laughs> yeah. Well, like the dude who's like struggling with my polyamory, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this will help, but it's really hot to me that you are jealous. <laughs> and I would, when we meet and fuck, like, I'm going to do something to make you fucking jealous. Like, because I, I am ready to be fucked. Possessively. Yeah, it's that psychological part of sex, right? That's because it's not real. It's like not you're not really gonna harm me. You're not you're hurting, you're not harming me. Mm -hmm. And it's the but talking about it, and I'm like, I know, listen, I know it's fucked up. I know it comes (laughs) from a fucked up place. Here we are, I'm 40, it's not gonna change. My (laughs) vagina is connected to this fucked up shit, and I'm just learning to like be okay. Lean into it. it. Well, lean into it in a safe way, right? Like because I could be out here seeking fucked up situations uh-huh. that could really harm totally. me. But I'm like, I'm I'm out here like, okay, my partner is so nice. He's a daddy dom. He's very caring. He can spank me, but in like a daddy domly way. He cannot be mean. He's tried and it's like, oh, I'm a mean 
man. And it's like, no, stop it. I can't, you can't no, do and, it. It's and too, nothing, it's nothing is less horny than when, a, like, right. when someone who's just not having it in their They're heart not. tries to be mean. No. And even and even when we fight, and I'm like, you're not even really bad right now. You're like just frustrated. Like you can't. I can't even get anything. So I know that though, and I know I like part of polyamory is also being able to like go find those things with other people and not be that not be a problem. That's the benefit, right? Or one of the benefits is like you don't have to. You don't need that one person to be everything. Like it's it's totally okay that 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 part sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's also, I think a big thing of going, I've been monogamous and I've been in those places of high frustration because I really, really need this. Mm -hmm. You can't, you not just can't, you won't Mm -hmm. give it to me and you're not letting me go. And like for a while, like in the beginning of our whole journey of opening up with my ex, I was doing kink without sex because I can, I'm like, I don't need, it's not about the sex for me. It's about the mind fucking. It's about the, you know, the pain and stuff. So I had like doms and things without that new, like, and that's also how, you know, a good dom as how I learned like a good dom is somebody who, who knows your life mm-hmm. and isn't trying to secretly make you fuck him as part of your submission mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or telling you, you have to ignore your husband, which I had a dom do that. And I was like, I don't think this is proper, but yeah, like being, I remember, I remember viscerally the feeling of feeling trapped mm-hmm. and I feel so much for people who find themselves in marriages. Like I've talked to so many men who thought they, who just met somebody because they, they were like family pressured them to get married or your friends or ever, all your friends are getting married and they end up with somebody who's just not sexual and doesn't want to do things. And I'm like, I'm not, that's not a boo to that person. Mm-hmm. That's it's okay for them to be that way. But wow, we got to do better about choosing our partners mm-hmm. for the full circumference of who we are it's why i'm against abstaining before marriage and that's and i'm like not that you got to be a slut but i feel like you have to know do you connect with this person on a physical level because even if you're if you're you know the the least like oh we're we're not sexual people there's physicality and like you're gonna make children with somebody who mm-hmm. you just lay under and don't and want it to be over like do you want your kid born that way of like just do right. it off me and I'm like I don't think you want that and I think there's connection and relationships and love but also like are you a person who wants to explore you want to be emotionally monogamous but you want to explore other things but that's why people. I think like someone like you is so important because like like I didn't know any of this shit growing up and not I'm not saying I'm poly but like like I didn't know any kind of sexual like I don't even know like like, I consider myself a sexual, like, outlier, you know, right, just because yeah. I, obviously, I'm in porn and, like, a bunch of other shit. But, like, like I just think, um, you know, like, had I seen someone like you growing up, I think I would have felt so much fucking safer and so much more normal and just so much happier with myself instead of, like, this big fucking weirdo, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I think just by, like, you existing – I. I'm sure that has helped so many people, you know, like. I hope so. I mean, and I'm, I'm in awe, like TikTok man, I'm in awe of these kids. Like I say what you will about the app and all that and stuff, but it's full of a lot of great things. And mm-hmm. one of the things for me is 
it fills me with so much joy to see younger people embracing mm-hmm. their queerness they're figuring out where they are. Like, mm-hmm. are, am I poly? Am I not? I don't, I don't know. Like I want to explore. And I think that's great. Explore when you're young. And, and so you can just figure out where you want to be and who you want to be with or, or how you want to be, towards, mm-hmm. you know, as you age and, and grow. But it just, it, it's so much joy that I wish I, I won't say I wish, cause I'm like, I think we all go through and our, live our lives in a way to end up where we are. Right. But it just makes me so happy that, everything I went through and my peers went through, these kids don't have to go through. Yeah, it's one less obstacle, right? Yeah, that you get to know that this stuff exists. Like for me, like, you know, obviously I'm Asian, as you can see. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) no, but like for me, like I feel like even an extra layer because like, you know, even now, right? Like I I look around and I see all these like sex educators. None of them are fucking Asian. And Asian people, like, just culturally, we're, we're a lot more, like, sexually re- repressed than, like, other cultures. Some other yeah. cultures are. And, like, so, like, not only are the sex educators not Asian, but, like, also, like, the people talking about sex are not, don't look yeah. like me. And, like, I, like, do, do you feel like that's also true in the black community? Or, like, what, because to I, me, like, like, to me, like, I don't know, like, and and does that even matter? Like it, to me, it feels like it does. It does. Like, oh, I will say this. I I feel like it's not that there aren't Asian sex educators. Is that they're not being boosted and and uplifted in a way? And it's like who gets the kind of the always that top tier platform tends to be white folk, especially like white men. A lot of white women mm-hmm. and um. And I think like, I mean, I suppose me, that's true of anyone, anything Yeah, it's true of anyone. And I know when I first got into it, I was like, where are all the black folks? Yeah. And I found them like, you know, I, I've joined groups and I've been part and now I am hyper aware, like we are out here mm-hmm. and there, there's also like, you have to realize there's a lot of people doing this work who are not, you know, going to ever be visible because they're just in their communities. Mm-hmm. So they're like indigenous folks doing God's work and, but they're staying within their communities mm-hmm. and they're never mm-hmm. going to be. Um, on TikTok. On right, right. Or TikTok. They're not, you know, they're because they're and and like part of I think visibility is very important. I think, you know, I'm a Leo. I they couldn't do this any other way. I need mm-hmm. <laughs> I need I want and I need, but I I do teach through entertaining. Mm-hmm. It is natural for me because I know we we all remember what the fuck a bill is because of, you know, schoolhouse rock. Mm-hmm. I know about electricity <laughs> and you know what a conjunction is yes all those things <laughs> because of entertainment and i and i know that i've reached people because i caught them when they weren't expecting to learn because they were having a beer and learned that no you shouldn't put a banana inside a vagina because sugar is you know bad for vaginas mm-hmm. and like have some you know like just little things that even if it sparked you to go look it up or find somebody else or go to a class because you went to my show and you did a thing like, I don't need to be the end all be all. I want Mm -hmm. to spark that, that thing that makes you go find somebody else. And I want to introduce you to other people you don't know about because they're doing work that is maybe more community centered and they're not, you know, out, Mm -hmm. out there in front. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it is important. Like, I have projects I want to talk about and I can't, I, I don't think I can talk about I can tell you what they're on, but I'm, I did a thing. I filmed a thing for HBO and having the crew tell me like, I'm a 40 year old queer black woman 
and polyamory talking about stuff in a very adult way of a person and they're like you know what all these other people are young and clearly not good at this yet and like you know and I'm I'm so excited to see like the difference in how we all are operating within it but having them tell me like yeah you're very like you know you're you're in your shit and you know your totally. shit and you know what you want it's kind of um, the same way like you don't want your therapist to be like a 20 year old like yeah you know like there there are certain things yeah it's true that like you want to hear from certain people right or you want or you want to see like because if you look at it and polyamory is always thin white and beautiful you feel like you don't belong in it well that's right? exactly what like i mean it's like yeah um even even in like take sex worker porn like yeah to me like growing up like a porn star looked a certain way like a jenna jameson yeah and yeah, because that's yeah, what like, we're sold, right? Totally. Like, Obviously, yeah. that's you know changing right now. Like as we speak, these right. things are changing. Like in the moment, so slow and so fast. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, like it's it's like thank God for you. You know. Oh, thank you. I'm trying, and I hope, and I just that is the thing is I'm I'm loud, and I want to always be if I can amplify other people with my voice, but also be out there and be like, even as a fat woman, just like I have sex with people who are, you know, want to be seen with me in public. And, and, and I have sex with people who I, I realize like, oh, you wouldn't date me. And like the dick was good, but I don't want to keep seeing you because this is hurting me that you wouldn't want to go on a date with me somewhere outside. Or like that I hate, I loathe, when men are like, oh, we have it hardest on dating sites. I'm like, no, you don't. Because I write so many emails, the messages to people and never hear back. I have dudes who like swipe like and match with me and won't answer me. I was on Bumble where you were like, it's woman led. So somebody likes you if you like them. The better woman makes the first them. move. Yeah. Right. And I made, and I would make it and nobody would ever answer me. And I'm like, so why would you like say you like me mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've had people unmatch me where i'm like oh you did you swipe accidentally you know like so <laughs> being a fat person on the on these apps is not for the faint of heart being a black woman mm -hmm. you know having somebody tell me like oh you're my first black girl i'm like that doesn't that's not a good thing Ugh. i don't it's not a good thing i don't want to be your badge it's also like the worst part of that because i i obviously also get you, that yes and the worst part of that comment is not like that you're the first well i mean that part is like whatever as well right but it's the fact that they think it's like a compliment they're so proud of it yeah <laughs> they're like, like like you on the other hand are like like i don't know like i normally wouldn't fuck with you know you yeah. but you are special like yeah well what, and i've gotten that and I, I mean and on the more violent side like i had i had a man basically say like you're a piece of shit, but you're going to fuck me because nobody fucks you like on a dating app. And he wrote me and he kept like, and I was like, dude, go away. And he was like, no, like you're going to come to my house and suck my dick. And I know you are because you're desperate. And like, he really thought like he could oh, make me, but like, like to that point, I had a dude, right. These like, guys think I they're doms. That's the problem. They think they like do. they're doms. They think they're being like alpha quote unquote by, by doing, doing something, something like this. Yeah. I had a dude write me, I printed it out so I could see how long it was. It was like four printed pages where he literally just said awful things. I had never met him. The only interaction was him seeing my picture on a dating site. Right. 
and he wrote this manifesto about how disgusting and fat I was and how I was clearly lying about being married and like and this was back when OkCupid wasn't didn't really give a fuck about what people were saying to you and like there's there's been a lot of changes and I don't get that stuff anymore and they've made it where like if you do that you're getting kicked off forever which is like okay commendable that they they made changes but that was what I was dealing with like that was getting into dating when I did open up was bananas and honestly I had more dates when I couldn't fuck like when our boundaries were I could go on dates and just make out and sex wasn't on the table I was dating so much because these guys wanted to be the one they wanted to be the one that my husband was like (gasps) I'm cool with it right 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 and I went on so but and they were good because sex wasn't it was hot it was hot to like sit across with somebody and really be turned on by them and know all you could do is like kiss and like they couldn't even touch down you know it was just like a whole thing uh, and, yeah uh, uh, that, uh, that's such, that's so horny too i mean i'm like oh. so horny but it's like what does that say about the people out there they they're they're more drawn to people who cannot do anything or, mm-hmm. or having this kind of because they they want to be the it's all ugly people. It's all ugly. It's all ugly. It's it's like hot, but then there's this ugliness to it. Yeah. So, and there's and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier is like, be so mean to me, but right. on my terms. Right. <laughs> I need to right. have that safety net of knowing like this is. Because I don't respond. Like I don't, I'm not somebody, if you call me a mean name that I, that is not on my list mm-hmm. of names, I'm putting my panties on and going home. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten mm-hmm. dressed and left because somebody, I had a dude tell me. Yeah, such good dick. But he goes, I'm trying to decide if I should fuck you again or go to the gym. And the gym is winning. And I was like, and I just got up and he's like, like, you're not going to lay next to me and tell me that a treadmill is more appealing to you than having sex with me again and have me lay here while you decide. Yeah, gross. I'm like, I'm deciding for you and I'm going home and lose my number. Like it was, you know, and it was, but it's the fact that like there are people who think that 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 they have that kind of power or that you're in this place. And I laugh like now people I've had people say like, you just, you let stuff roll off you. And I'm like, it's because I've been on the internet for so long that, that also though, it's funny. I'm like, do you know, you call me fat, whatever you call me ugly, whatever. Like, do you get that? I, I know my worth and that Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm, know mm -hmm, I'm beautiful mm -hmm. and that I also back have people in my life who will back that up, you know, like not that I need proof, but like I have this. I also have love that's meaningful and deep. And I also have other love that's meaningful and deep. And like, I don't, what you say, it means nothing. Like it doesn't. That's that's also like that kind of confidence. Like, like, do you feel like that's the kind of confidence that comes with age? Because I think I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'm getting there now. Yeah. But I haven't been there for most of my life, you know, honestly, mm -hmm. you know what it came, it's from a couple places. It came from age. It came from being, I think you can be in such a place. Like I used to have horrible Mm self-esteem. I couldn't look at myself in a mirror. Mm -hmm. Like I was in my twenties and would like glance, but not stare and I would cry. Like if I had to try on clothes, I would start crying. Cause I was just like, I'm looking at myself for too long. Mm-hmm. And I met, and when I got into kink, my first Dom, one of his things he would, it was like, I had to send pictures. So it was, I had to send him a morning nude 
you know, and then the outfit of the day. And I okay. had like by a certain time. And the first time it took me so long. I almost missed my deadline. And he just got this picture of me crying because I was just so, I did not want to send it. And mm-hmm. it was, I couldn't find an angle and I was just distraught. And he was like, what is wrong? And like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I just, I'm so ugly. And like, you want this picture. And like, and he's like, why would I ask you for? He's like, do mm-hmm. you trust me? Do you trust that I'm trying to give you, teach you and give you a good experience? He's like, so why would I, if I felt like you were ugly, why would I ask? Why would I spend time with you? Why would I ask you for photos? Do you think I'm cruel? And I had to think about it because the first knee jerk, I was like, yeah, motherfucker, because you're making me do this. But then I was like, no, I don't think you're cool. And he's like, so you need to dial that back because that's not, I don't think that about you. You think that about you, but I'm, he's like, but you're, what you're thinking is wrong. And it, and it took, it took time. And I think sometimes you do like people like you, you shouldn't need what other people say, but it's like, right. You shouldn't let like what other people say in general, who don't know you, that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. with somebody who's being intimate with you. You, like have to trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a thing that hit me was that I needed to see myself, how he saw me. Mm -hmm. And it took, it took a, 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 it was a long road. Mm -hmm. And it started with like, I like my toes Mm -hmm. and I like my, my, my thighs good today. Or like, Ooh, my, I like the way my neck slopes or like, and it was little things. And I could look and I'm like, okay, you have to, I couldn't say mean things. That was part of his rules. I would get punished. But it became a thing for like, I can't be mean about things to myself. Like, we don't have to love ourselves, but you can't be mean. You got to stop being mean to yourself. You don't have to be like, I love yourself, but you got to look in the mirror and be like, okay, we're here. Like, that's your body. You've been through a lot in your life and you're here and your body carried you through that. And like, those were the conversations I was having my, for myself. Damn, but also, that's like so, What? damn, like that came from a dom? That came, it came from a dom. It came from <laughs> that's like- so like therapy <laughs> reading and like realizing like I I needed to not I needed to like I couldn't be in this mindset for my whole life one thing and my therapist I, says to me is like or like if I'm being mean to myself because I you know we all have a habit of doing that yeah. but like um you know specifically when I am talking that way with my therapist like she's she always says would you say that to your friend right and why are you saying it to yourself Yeah. And I have hard body times. Like I've been having, you know, body times because COVID not being as active and all the things. And I've been having some hard body moments, but I've kept with the, like, you cannot do not. And I think I did say to myself, you're ugly. And I was like, Oh no, you're not doing that. I like got, I was like, self, no, Mm -hmm. because you can't, because it's a slippery slope, but also it's, it's not true. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, this is not, you're just in a bad spot right now. Mm -hmm. And it was from, a, and it was from a, like realizing like someone is seeing me and the me I see is the abused kid mm-hmm. that got beaten and, you know, molested and dragged and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And had a mom who did not, who like nitpicked at their body. And, you know, I've always been a fat kid and like having people talk about that my whole life. This is not because I'm ugly. It's because it's all the ugliness that was put on me. And that's what I see. And having somebody who just sees me because they don't know all that stuff and isn't seeing that ugliness. That all You that said shit. something on line the other day about, and like I, I wrote this down because like it was so interesting. You, you said the magical powers we conjure via trauma. 
Yeah. Can, can you like elaborate on that? Like, is that kind of I, what? Yeah. Like I, I feel like because of the things I went through, like I'm, I very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. I, if you, I know where everything is in my house. If you ask me where something is, I can tell you to the millimeter where it is in this house. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because of how I grew up and having to like my mom being at an abusive mom. And so it would be like, if you couldn't find something, you were getting in trouble for it. It's not even, that's not even a real thing you should be getting in trouble. For. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it made me like hyper-focus, uh, you know, like I know where things are. I'm hyper-organized around stuff. I have a, my care instinct is off the charts for, for people. I will beat your ass if you like hurt somebody I love. Like there are a lot of things that I, I look at as gifts mm-hmm. that I know I gained from trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is like even the process being able to process because I've been processing with myself since I was a little kid because mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I'd sit in the room and talk to myself, talk to my, I still have my fucking one of my dolls that I've had since I was four, but I would talk to her mm-hmm. like, and I would process it out. And so it's a thing that I've learned, you know, through that also like my, even protecting myself, like I, didn't really go through all my trauma shit until I was safe with my now ex. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in a safe space and had for a year, a stretch of time, things released um, and and, in a lot of different ways that were like, Oh shit. But I think I like gained a lot. And I think a lot of us get kind of superpowers from, from the trauma that we have and that we, there are things that you would like go, Oh, I, I would never want to get rid of this part of myself. And it's like, yeah, but do you get, you only have that because. Right. Like, I, Cause of the pain. Like, and the... I have a really high pain tolerance. It's mm-hmm. probably because I have been was beaten mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a child to a, like late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of stuff. So I think we do like we conjure there's stuff that folks with trauma, we learn how to turn them into gifts, gifts and instead of weapons and like, so they don't turn against us. And I, and I am very sure that's probably a lot of where my confidence came because I had to be like, you can't live through a lot of the shit that I've lived through. If you don't somehow know, I don't think I ever knew that I was going to be where I am, but I just knew I needed to survive. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, and I've known that, like, I, I think I, it was like, we got to make it to the next day and we're going to, and there's always a way I can make something out of nothing when we are in the most dire of straits, it's going to work out because I know I can work it out. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing that's like conjuring that magic from trauma. And that is something I would never give because it's got me through so much of my fucking life. Um, and I think I've shaped like the stuff with the Dom, my time with him, the best gift he ever gave me was the, our last, like I was moving on. We had, cause he was always like my training Dom and he, he, we both knew that. Um, and I had met someone and he was like, when you meet somebody that you in real life that you want to be, that's when we'll know our time is over. And I was like, okay. And I was like, never going to, cause you know, you get kind of enamored with yeah. your Dom, but I did, I did. I, I met somebody and I remember having the talk with him and our last morning hand, he's like, can I get one more morning nude? And he sent me back a side by side and he's like, I want you to look at this. And it was my first one. And I was like scrunched up and cry. Like you could tell I had been sobbing and I was like just a mess. And then sex when I got my hand on my hip, my legs kicked out and I'm smiling and my tits are thrust out. And I'm just like, Hey, 
And it was a totally different thing because and and how and how long were you seeing like how many years were between probably those like two? a year and a half two years that yeah. we were together like and, wow and that, that guy that dude changed your life he did he yeah. changed my life and he gave me this new lens to see myself through and it's always been a reminder that like when I've had men say shit to me that hurt my feelings or that when somebody says you're fat one now when somebody says you're fat I'm like duh. Like it's a descriptor word. Thank you for noticing the thing that I've noticed my whole life. I, you know, but when somebody says you're ugly or whatever, I'm like, okay, like whatever. Um, because I know it's not true. You know, like I know, I, I, I know even in my hardest times, I know that I'm beautiful. I believe that, you know, like that's a belief I have. It's not just like a, you know, idea, but also that I have people in my life who tell me not, and not just like that, but just like that my heart is beautiful. And it's like, you can't, I think so many like young people, you know, don't feel that way. And, yeah. you know, kind of what we were just fucking saying right now about like, does it come with age? Does it? And, and you say, you know, this man had like such a huge impact on like the way you feel about yourself. But like, like what advice would you give to like a young person like looking for that confidence? Because I mean, the advice can't be like meet a dom. No, <laughs> but, gonna- but you know, surround yourself with people who want to reflect the good in you back. Like mm-hmm. I think being, if you don't have parents mm-hmm. who are uplifting you, I, I, I'm besides that man, like my friends saved my life. Mm-hmm. I've gotten where I've gotten because of the people who love me. Yeah. And, I love. And, and, and like what you were saying, how like, you know, it shouldn't matter what people think about you. Like that's not where your like self value should lie or whatever. Yes, that's true. But that's also like ignoring a huge portion that like, like we are affected by our surroundings. We are affected yeah. by the things we hear. That does shape our reality. Like it and, does. And like I love how you're kind of saying like basically or what I'm hearing is that like we can control that. Like we We can. Or just even I mean, you know, like seeing, you know, again, my heart is singing for all these amazing fat influencers who are out here in fashions and shit that I never thought I could wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's inspired me to, I bought my first fucking crop top from mm-hmm. Ugly because I was like, I'm wearing this and I'm going to figure out how to make it work where I feel comfortable in it. But I wore it and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's like, we all look for that. Like a, mm-hmm. it was always, who are the big girls? And you look for, and I think, even in that, seeing people around you who are who you look at and you're mm-hmm. like, they're beautiful. And if I think they're beautiful and they're in a big body, how could I? I'm insulting them by going, I'm I'm ugly because I'm like going, mm-hmm. you're fat, so you're ugly. But you don't feel that about them. And you would never say that mm-hmm. to them. You know, there may not be somebody you know, no, but like look at yourself. Why can't literally, you see that? Literally, that's why representation matters, right? Like, it literally, does. that's why. And on a grand scale, like the celebrities and also on a smaller scale, like your friends, right? And your family. And like, mm-hmm. I want to be, for my nieces and nephews, like I'm, I am damn sure going to be the person that builds them up and tells them that they're beautiful and talented mm-hmm. and smart. And like, I, you know, for Christmas, I'm that auntie, I buy clothes and books, but I got like my niece, um, you know, we have a very mixed, wonderful, blended family. We have like our Puerto Rican side and on all the, you know, and my niece, she has, we have similar hair and I got her this book about 
hair and curls and like how it's different and because I wanted her to feel good about it because mm -hmm. it's very curly and coily and it's not like her cousins who have like silkier curls mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't ever want you to be feel bad about your hair mm -hmm. or you know feel like it needs to look different and it's like you can make it look different and that's okay if you want it to look different because you want to try something new but I don't ever want you to be like I had a perm I was having my hair straightened from the age of five until I was like 30 something when I finally shaved my head and I was like I can't do this anymore and I went it's such a real thing that like I, I mean also like don't you feel like right now I think in this country like as far as like my life it feels in my life but like or in my lifetime like I do feel like we are as a country are at a place where we're the most like um like the standard of beauty isn't one thing right it's still kind of one thing it's it, exactly more than it's ever been is what right. it is right and I'm and I'm just hoping it doesn't backslide right like it's it's been great seeing some of these fashion lines actually listen to plus size, you know, um, folks who were like, we're going to protest you because yes, we need you because nobody else is making these clothes, but you got to stop doing this bullshit. Like we, we need change to happen. And so, or even something like, like growing up for me, I only saw movies that were like strictly a white cast. Right. And and, like, it's so crazy to me that now, finally, like, we're starting to make movies that are, like, not – it's not like – it's not like, oh, an Asian cast, but this movie is just for Asian people, right? right. Or this, this is a black movie, movie just for black movie or, or right. just for black audiences. Yeah. Like, now we're like, oh, wow, I actually can totally relate to this character. Because there's stories. Yeah. People so but even if you can't relate, it's like, oh, like – Watching Crazy Rich Asians, I didn't, like, that's not my life or a life I know, but it was just like, but I know people who that is, I have friends who that is their, how their parents are. But in the same is, way that I'm watching, like, a Jennifer Aniston movie my whole life. Right. Not my life, but, like, right. like I totally, to, like, yeah. Fans, or you could understand it and empathize with it. And I think totally. that's the thing is, like, hey, white folks, you need to learn how to empathize. And, with and us sometimes too. you might see a little bit. Like in Kanto, mm -hmm. how many of us saw family dynamic shit or like our roles in our families? And it's about a Colombian, like I'm not Colombian, but man, did I cry mm. multiple times during that movie form from things. And there's certain things that happen that I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> and I can watch it and it doesn't need to look like me because I can gather something, even though it's very cultural or, you know, like I have my friend who's Filipina and I'm just... I, every time I see something, I'm like, this cartoon I watched, there's a Filipino family and they're making, they're making lumpia and I'm sitting here and I cry because it's like, I know how much it means to her mm -hmm. to have that. And she's now she's had a kid and that her son gets to grow up in a world where like, it's not unheard of to see a cartoon where a whole, they're going to do a whole episode with the Filipino family talking in. Uh, Tagalog and with the foods and it sounds that, like, like nothing, but it's so huge. It's huge. Yeah, having the, the, have the have you seen the um the cleaning the cleaning lady is it the cleaning woman the cleaning lady it's a it's a new it's like a crime drama and it's this basically this woman she's a doctor from Manila in America illegally with her son because he has a a disease like a immune disease. And, you know, of course she comes here and she can't be a doctor, but so she's cleaning houses to get him the healthcare he needs. Her husband's still in Manila. 
and she actually see a see accidentally sees a crime happen and the and the like mob boss is like if you clean it up like i won't kill you and she basically becomes their cleaner that he calls what and it's is, like is this on netflix or something it's it's on it's on i think it's on hulu it's either on okay. hulu or on like one of those yeah but it's really good and i got pulled into it but it's the family they're like she's cambodian married to you know someone who's filipino and like her sister-in-law and she's there with a, there's another mom but it's also the talk of like immigration status that's not centered around being mexican right mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. another um the the mob family they're not italian they're armenian right. um you know but it's even even those small changes it starts flipping the script it's in people's so, brains it's so big yeah it's so big and even there there was a whole storyline where there was like Lou Diamond Phillips is in an episode, which I love him, but there where he's a Filipino who was born here and he does this whole speech about, oh, that's the problem with you immigrants and like that he has this American mindset. But she's like, I'm a doctor in my country and I'm here for my health care of my child because America's the only place he can get this special treatment. Like, I don't even want to be here. I just want to like take care of my kid. But like, also, would you begrudge somebody taking care of their kid? And she's like, and I'm working. I'm here. I'm not like trying to take anything from anybody. I'm just trying to work so my kid doesn't die so I can get him to care. Nobody, nobody would not do that. For their right kids. and but that and that is and the fact that we can empathize with that is like fucking insane like but then it's on insane. tv that white people are gonna watch and that the storyline isn't like it's like you know it's like there are so many reasons people are here from mm-hmm. so many places in the world and so many of it the reasons are because where they were wasn't great and it's not to be here to steal it's to mm-hmm. be here to add to and to be mm-hmm. free and like that used to be a thing we were proud of that people would come here to be free. And now like, I'm like, what happened? Cause I grew up in the eighties when like reading rainbow was celebrating immigration and talking about. Yeah. That whole thing is so bizarre to me. Like I, I don't understand like these, like, like anti-immigration, like what? Like, literally we're everyone all, here is an immigrant like literally you're an immigrant you idiot yeah like we're, so it's so weird yeah it's you such know? a weird thing yeah it, it's well anyway i've literally kept you for two hours it's fine it's been you I, i'm sure you are probably you're probably just that person right like you're used to it's, that like people i love and i like it was a good conversation happy so for it. hours now well thank you so much for joining us lola and i know you have a few events coming up that you can wait you can't talk about well the hbo thing I but can't. you can't we, we can say be on the lookout there'll be something eventually on hbo there'll be eventually something on netflix oh, okay but um the stuff you can talk about yes uh, you can talk about your show my show which right now is on hiatus but you can go check it out and see um it is a pot there are some episodes that are a podcast format um on any place you can get podcasts and it's sex at a go-go so you can hear some old shows um if you go to sex at a go-go.com you can sign up for the newsletter and that way when we finally come back you'll get emailed about it um and or you can also go to my website dirtylola.co and you can find out more about the show and me and like ways to work with me and don't you um, have a don't you have a class coming up as well i do March? i have a class coming up at shebop it's going to be online um, and it's, uh, is there a secret cha- handshake navigating alternative lifestyles where I give you some tips on 
ways to navigate Holy like polyamory and kink and yeah and is that's there a secret handshake or like a that's what it kind of feels like like when i got into it i was like who where do i is there like a word i need to say like how do i find i mean i always this is like i always ask all my gay friends this i'm like how do you know who like like if you're like if you're someone who's either like exclusively a top or an exclusively a bottom how the fuck do you know before right. like it's too late energy <laughs> energy but so it is and a lot of it can feel like accidental falling into it so that's some of the the classes just like resources and talking about like ways some etiquette for when you are finally like in a place but like ways to seek out um connection and community and those different like alternative but lifestyles all this is so like important because be- it's because of the lack of this that those guys that you were talking about earlier exist like that's yeah. why those guys think it's okay to be like i'm trying to wonder like i'm wondering if i should fuck you or go run on the treadmill like right like that actually goes back to like sex ed and like how does to talk to people and you know like it's it's crazy how much how uninformed we all are yes when it comes or that to you that. don't have to be unkind you know that yeah. like you catch more honeys with you know flies than vinegar so yeah. it's I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So it'll be good. I haven't done that one in a while. So it'll be good to do that for folks. Cool. And if they check me out on Instagram at Dirty Lola, that's where I post all the like upcoming classes. And your, your, your sex capades and. And dating, dating capades, capades and sex capades. Follow me on Twitter because I will randomly at two o'clock in the morning talk about my vagina being hyped for whatever reason because she's waking up and being like, "Woo!" You are definitely like one of the most entertaining follows on my oh, feed for sure. <laughs> she does not hold back. I'll say I that. I know. I talk about everything, <laughs> but I love it, and it's for the better of the world. So th- yeah, I thank you. <laughs> thank you, and um, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.